Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adafruit Show and Tell. I'm Liz. I'll be your host this evening. Uh, we're going to kick things off with some folks from Adafruit and then people in the community. And if you are in the community and you would like to join the stream, you can do that from our Discord. That's adafruit.it slash Discord. Link to the StreamYard is in the live broadcast channel. Uh, but like I said, we're going to start off with some Adafruit folks first. So let's hear from JP. Hey, Liz. Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm enjoying trying to figure out what little decorations you have there. Some cool autumnal things. It's fun yes. to spy on your your decorations. Uh, <laughs> so um, I've been working on a, a, a cool SynthIO project. I think it's cool, I, uh, at least, uh, which is diving into a little bit of the, the depths of how synthesizers work uh, in general and how SynthIO works in specific. Uh, which has to do with waveform shapes. Um, and so there are, um, we're familiar with things like sine waves and square waves, triangle waves and saw waves. And often in synthesizers, you can pick from a couple of those oscillators and maybe sometimes mix between them. Um, and that tends to be how analog uh, synths worked because it kind of makes sense to be able to generate things like a triangle wave and then kind of filter it into a sine. Uh, but with digital stuff like SynthIO is, there is uh, sort of no limit. And so the the shape of one cycle of a waveform can kind of be anything you want with many, many, many points. Um, and you can noodle around with them until you get kind of the sounds you want. And what, what this tends to do is mostly adjust the harmonics. So you can like highlight little pinging frequencies above the main frequency. Uh, so in SynthIO, there are tables that you can make. You can use equations, algorithms to generate, but you can also just kind of make these tables of numbers that are the values of plotting this kind of XY graph of your waveform. Yeah. Um, so if you if you pop my camera on, you'll see I have a little prototype of just a four point waveform using these four little sliders here. Nice. Uh, and yeah. This is a prototype using our uh, Neo sliders that we have here, but I'm, I'm working on something that won't use those that I'll talk about in a second. Uh, so what these are doing is they're just saying, what are four vertices or four points uh, that make up this one cycle of a waveform, which can then be played at different pitches. Um, so let me stop talking and just demo some sound. So what you're gonna be listening for is just the changing character or tone of it as the harmonics change. Yeah. is kind of like a very sharp uh, little sawtooth yeah. or, or a triangle. And so it's got these kind of high pitched buzzy sounds that are that are part of its character. Uh, if I just do a straight square wave, kind of loses some of that um, extra harmonics. And if I try to calm it into sort of a triangle shape, you can also quiet it just by kind of shrinking its amplitude down. Yeah. So now the waveform is sort of centered around zero. Um, so these go negative 30,000 to positive 30,000 each. Cool. Uh, so that's um, my prototype for this. And I'll, yeah. I'll be showing, a, I have kind of a cool graphical demo that'll I think help explain this. I'm gonna show on the show tomorrow nice. uh, using a software synthesizer. Um, but the goal is to make a 16 fader version of this. So I'm gonna be taking 16 of our um, 75 millimeter slide pots, say a 60 millimeter throw. 
I'm building a PCB for it. And uh, we're going to be able to do some really cool things even beyond this project with it. I think it'll be kind of a neat yeah. platform. Uh, we have a couple of 8-bit DACs uh, or ADCs rather that'll work yes. well to allow us to read these uh, faders and do cool stuff with them. So yes. that's what I'm working on. Um, Excellent. Come on I'm... by to my show tomorrow and we'll we'll dive in even deeper. That's going to be great. And related to that, I've been working on the product guide for that ADC and I have a circuit Python library that I'm working with Scott uh, for writing and having used Next. it, like it's very responsive with pots. It's very satisfying. So yeah, I got an early be... look at it at your, your, I was able to use your example that you sent me. Thank you. And it's uh, really nice. Uh, and, and these are, I think, just giving me zero to 1023. Yes. Yeah. Uh, on these Neo sliders, because they're using a little seesaw chip. And I think that's the most they'll send. Um, so we're going to get what zero to sixty-five thousand basically yes, we with will. the. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have much finer grain control, and, and with those extra uh, points along the wave, you'll be able to craft some really interesting, I think, um, uh, sounding rich sounding synthesis. Yes, it'll be hours and hours uh, of synthesis. Yeah, <laughs> I just let it play arps, and I goof around with it and zone out. It's loads of fun. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, JP, and look forward to seeing your show tomorrow. Sure thing. Thanks, Liz. Okay, no problem. All right, next we're going to hear from Melissa. Hey, Hello. Melissa, how's it going? That's good, good. Uh, so uh, you want to share my screen and yes. uh, other camera here? Yes. Okay, so uh, I had showed off this paint demo uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, or maybe last week, I can't remember. Yeah. And uh, I have updated it now because I've written a new Qualia library, and that handles a lot of the uh initializing the display and everything nice and uh even handles loading the touch screen driver oh, that's so cool. I, I just wanted to show right now i have it loading with the the bar graph or the bar um display here and i just want to show how easy it is to switch displays and so let me go ahead and power it off first mm. and then and so with this library, um, right now, folks have to kind of have the init at the top of the code. But with this library, folks won't have to do it. It'll kind of be what they're used to with the other displays and display I.O. Correct. So Excellent. I'm going to go plug this in. And it'll initialize with the previous display. But in order to change it, we're just going to use this sure. here and save that. Oh, sure. We just got involved. My Echo device decided to oh. try that <laughs> and plug it. They always hear you at the worst possible time, you know. Yeah. Okay. Let me save it again here. Okay. Because I think it. Okay. So now it's just restarting with it. And now it uh, just automatically sizes awesome. to here. Does a completely different touch driver. And then um, I'm going to go ahead and hook it up again. That's great. And that touch demo you wrote is very responsive with that driver. I was um, playing with it today to do a, send a demo over to Pedro for a project oh, okay. working on, and it, it's really nice. So great job with that. All these. Thanks. So I'm going to go ahead and show it around here. And then as soon as it comes online, I'll save that. Mm -hmm. And now rebooting. Okay, and here it's just Sweet. loading, completely different touch driver than the previous one, and I didn't have to do anything other than tell which display. 
That's awesome. That's that's great work. That's going to be really handy for folks. Cool. Oh, one of my favorite parts about this is um, I have it so that it's going through um, on the library and uh, it just looks at all the displays that are added and it kind of goes and automatically adds them into the uh, displays class here. So oh, just great. adding a new display is easy. It's not like keeping track of a separate list or anything. Oh, that's awesome. So it really like kind of puts uh, the power of CircuitPython out there. It's really um, become so much more capable than when I started using it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, thanks so much, Melissa. Looking forward to using it myself. I'm sure everyone in the community is going to find it really handy. Okay. okay. Cool. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. All right. Now we're going to hear from some folks in the community. Uh, let's kick things off with Bob. Hey, Hello, folks. I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm good. Thanks. All right. What I would like to show is a product that we've worked on for a couple of years. It's called Pocket Frog. It's a USB piece of test equipment. It has a power supply, a fully programmable power supply, cool. a voltmeter, and a counter timer. And it's, I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Um, And I still see my camera. Um, should be, there's a present button kind of at the bottom. Yeah. And I hit share screen. Mm -hmm. uh, sharing screen, easiest with two monitors, blah, blah, blah. I click <laughs> share. Oh, there's another window up here. Um, there we go. I didn't finish the, uh, finish the handover. Awesome. Okay. There we go. Perfect. So we've got a, a user interface window Great. that lets you find a frog, mm. the serial number. You've got a voltmeter. You've got a counter timer. And all these measurements are made simultaneously and presented. And we have the power supply. So you can turn the power supply on. We have safety limits. You can just use a scroll wheel and just dial it oh, up. Cool. Nice. It goes against your safety limit it's a 20 volt power supply it can run off just plain usb it'll still give you zero to 20 volts okay you can use external power and it'll give you up to 40 watts of power nice and then the other thing it can do is it gives you programming without having to write skippy code or uh python or whatever your your favorite thing is for delivering that hmm. so for example um if you can go back to my camera, can you do that or do I? Oh, do yes. That? Yeah, I'll do that. So um, this is the, the external power jack, which gives mm -hmm. you up to 40 watts. We're also um, introducing, I guess this is actually its debut, a series of education board and engineering helper boards that just plug in the front of the pocket frog. Oh, cool. And just sets you your bench now. This is an education board for high school, tech schools, uh, first year in college. Nice. On resistor theory, resistor sensors. So if, for example, we are in the thermistor lab and we turn it on to five volts, um, we have a, pull it over here, 
We have a spreadsheet that comes with the product. Okay. And it gives you a mess of templates for just like what JP was talking about, simple sine waves you can have your power supply deliver. Yeah. If you really need a tangent wave, there you go. Um, square waves, pulse, triangle waves. Um, and all the way down here, that's power supply stuff. But you can also say, I want my voltmeter not to read volts, but temperature. Hmm. So if you look here, uh, from the template here, you put in your coefficients for your thermistor, and your voltmeter is now reading temperature. And there's, see in the upper right corner, it's 74 degrees down here. Sweet. Pretty close to accurate. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and for the waveform generation, if I hook up my little scope, which I can show on the camera. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got the power supply turned on. We can go to calculations. One of the waveforms here is a standard automotive test waveform. Okay. Um, this is a cold crank. So if you're starting your car up in the winter, this is a worst case waveform. It's this is kind of a complicated example, but we can tell it to execute it. And if you look at the scope screen, we're up at 12 volts. There's mm -hmm. the first dump. Oh yeah. And we're playing back a cold crank waveform. Very cool. So it's kind of an instrument in a class by itself there isn't a lot of stuff out there it's it uh it gets around a lot of the the hump of programming mm. to generate repeated test waveforms you know repeat a battery discharge over and over all night to make sure that your embedded software behaves correctly saves the non-volatile parameters or whatever you need Very so cool. it does a lot for a design test yeah and uh we uh have a bunch of material on the website you can download if we i don't know are you looking at my screen now yeah we see your screen yeah um and uh standard measurement us has set up a little shop so we're uh, available on our site very cool well thanks so much for coming by and showing us this walkthrough it's very cool thank you thank you all right have a good night you too all right, now we're going to hear from Brayden. Looks like he's going to play us out. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey by the way, you? I've I've always wanted to say I love your microphone. I just think that's so cool. Oh, thank. It's actually a little <laughs> 3D printed um uh like pop filter thing. So, thank yeah. You. <laughs> very cool. Um actually i dovetail into actually what we started with which was this notion of synthesizers and so um i planned to go to supercon didn't get there hmm. but they had this idea of a waveform generator mixed with a vector scope and i said well that sounds really kind of cool and so they were using a raspberry pi pico and i did some research and did some digging around and i found some bits and pieces and i was able to glue it all together for taking a Raspberry Pi Pico and mm -hmm. something that's referred to as an R2R, which basically says it's a resistor and it's 2x of a resistor. And you can create a, a DAC, a, a digital to analog converter, 
just out of resistors. And Great. so this is a quick picture. Um, I actually created two. Oh, I got to change my uh, screen real quick. Um, okay. I actually created two 8-bit DACs. There you go. Sweet. Uh, on the Pico. So it's it literally is just a Pico and 46 resistors. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, and I, and it doesn't look very pretty. I soldered them directly onto the GPIO pads, uh, but it does work. So yeah. <laughs> what you now see over here is uh, just some rotary encoders that I've got that have set up. And you can see I've mm -hmm. got channel one and channel two. It actually has uh, two full channels. So let me just quickly set... Um, this is set up, as you can see on channel zero, I've got uh, a sine wave set at uh, 1000 hertz or kilohertz. Mm. So let's just turn that on real quick. And you should see when I change one of my screens, there we go. Uh, the yellow line there is that sine wave. Okay, yeah. Um, and on channel one, I could create the same one if I wanted to, I could set it to be a sine wave. And if I turn it on, you'll see the purple line becomes the same as that one. It's, just out, of, it's just out of phase. And I can adjust the phase and do fun things like that. Cool. But you can also mix. So for instance, right now I have a sine wave, but I could say that I want to use frequency modulation and add another sine wave to it. And I want the relationship between the two to be, uh, let's make it five to one. Mm -hmm. And now when I start, when I restart that one, that's what I end up with for a waveform. So that's a sine wave mixed with a sine wave. One is five times the frequency of the second. Hmm. And I've got access to, so let me just quickly change. Let's say we're going to set this to be 10 times, but instead of mixing it with a sine wave, let's mix it with a triangle wave. And this should look pretty familiar at this point, because what's going to happen now is the sine wave is going to be mixed into a triangle wave. Oh, cool. <laughs> now, if I set the yellow one as my reference to also be a triangle wave, you'll actually be able to see, there we go, and see I can actually fit one inside the other. Very cool. Yep. And so this is nothing more than a Raspberry Pi Pico and a bunch of micro Python code. Mm -hmm. um, the trick is it uses the... Um, the uh, DMA, it uses it uses two DMA channels linked together. It uses a state machine and it uses PIO, but it's all written in MicroPython. It's all open source. Uh, I've published everything out. I use GitHub instead of GitLab, mm -hmm. but it's simply called AWG, the number two, C-H-A-N for um, Arbitrary Waveform Generator 2 Channel. Um, and it's been a fun thing to play with. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Like I said, I hadn't done a lot with MicroPython and I hadn't done mm. anything with the DMA channels or the PIO. Yeah. And on the Pico, those are just incredibly powerful. They're just, there's a lot of fun to play with once you get to, when you kind of get understanding of how they all work together. That's amazing. And I've seen this project kind of floating around. So it was great to get a live demo. And I agree, like the RP2040 just, it seems to just have all this capability that just I, I never I never cease to gets, find something yeah. crazy new with it next. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely um, drop a link to your um, GitHub in uh, live broadcast chat so folks can check it out. I will do that. Excellent. Thanks so much for coming by. Thanks. Have a good day. Have a good night. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show and tell. But don't go away. In ten minutes, live is going to be Ask an Engineer with Lady Ada and Mr. Lady Ada. Uh, until next time, have a good night. Bye, folks.